Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This time on Vet Story. I'm a very lucky fellow. I hope that I am perceived as someone who played some part in changing uh, the social sexual values of his time. During the war, he was actually a cartoonist. The guy's a pioneer. I mean, he's really a... He's really a trendsetter, and then he was the guy responsible for, you know, exposing myself to uh, nudity. Pornography is a term used to describe erotic images that somebody doesn't like. And I started on the, the you know, Playboy magazine website, and they, they have amazing, really talented writers. It's become such a phenomenon in the, in the 60s, literally changed the world. You know, there were a lot of boobs. Like, we cannot forget, there were so many boobs. <laughs> The message of my life is that you uh, should celebrate your life. Welcome to another episode of Vet Story. I'm your host, Phil Briggs, and he was known as one of the biggest swingers on the planet. The ultimate playboy. The man who invented Playboy magazine. But before any of that, Hugh Hefner was an army soldier in World War II. Now, I get it. When you think of Playboy magazine, you think of nudie pics. Centerfold, secretly stashed somewhere for private viewing and personal pleasure. But the guy really was a cultural icon. So before we turn the pages back to the history of Hugh Hefner, let's hear a couple clips from a variety of interviews he's done talking about his own life. The message of my life is that you uh, should celebrate your life. I think that America remains a very Puritan people, and I think we have that kind of schizophrenic attitude towards play and pleasure, and I think life should be lived with some passion and style. Pornography is a term used to describe erotic images that somebody doesn't like. For me, from the very beginning, and I think for our readers too, those images represent sexual liberation. Even though a lot of, there's still a lot of controversy surrounding Playboy and the images of sex, we're, we're on the side of the angels and I think we're winning. The fact that it would be so successful and that it would not only succeed, but also would become such a phenomenon and would, in the, in the 60s, literally change the world, who could possibly imagine that? Bow, chicka, bow, wow. <laughs> right? Reporter Matt Saint Singh brings us this story from ConnectingVets.com. And uh, I have to admit, when I woke up this morning, I didn't even know there was a connection. Yeah. I did not even know that the biggest playboy in America is a vet. He served. So tell me about the article you just published and uh, let's get into this. Playboy. So the founder of Playboy passed away last night uh, in the Playboy Mansion. Now, I'd like to say that he's gone on to a better place, but I'm just not sure if that's entirely true. No. <laughs> uh, only because what could be better than living his life? Um, and I did some research and found out that, yeah, you know, not only was Hugh Hefner uh, served in the U.S. Army during World War II, he was an infantry clerk, which is kind of like akin to like an admin uh, specialist today in today's military. Okay. Uh, he never deployed anywhere. He was first assigned to a camp in Oregon. 
Uh, and then later to Camp Pickett, which is now Fort Pickett in Virginia. Hmm. And he actually worked for the Fort Pickett News. During the war, he was actually a cartoonist. He wrote for the Camp Pickett News and kind of tried to become and use his artistry. But he was he kind of struggled, you know. <laughs> High Iceman, who was a cartoonist famous for his work on Popeye, okay. uh, encouraged Hefner to look for work elsewhere after the war because let's just say he was less impressed than with uh, Hefner's <laughs> artistic chops, right? Turns out that's probably the best advice career advice Hugh Hefner has ever gotten. And I can only imagine what his cartoons were. I mean, were they were they of the feminine form? You know, to be quite honest, I haven't really looked at all of his uh, works from in the military, but I know in the first edition of Playboy in December of 1953, he was actually the cartoonist for Playboy. Uh, <laughs> no yeah, and actually after the war, so he took classes at the Art Institute of Chicago, as well, got a bachelor's degree from the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, and he really enjoyed, unsurprisingly, life art drawing. Oh, I, I'm sure the human <clears throat> yeah. form. I mean, that he would have been a natural at that. I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering if at the time, had he gone on to Disney, could you imagine how radically different Minnie Mouse would look if you oh, had for the cartoon? Uh, much more it? anatomically correct. You're probably incorrect, you know. Totally incorrect. Totally incorrect, <laughs> but yeah. So, so he's a cartoonist he's a cartoonist. in the 1950s. In the 1950s. Uh, after the war, I took some classes, got a bachelor's degree through the GI Bill, found out. Um, Thank you, GI Bill. Oh, s- saluting ever so, ever so gracefully. Uh, so after working for a few years in the publishing industry, uh, Hefner became increasingly convinced that there was a world that needed a classy gentleman's magazine. So he took out a loan and he put his furniture up as collateral uh, to publish the first edition of Playboy in December of 1953. The centerfold of the first edition of Playboy included a 1949 shot of Marilyn Monroe. Whoa. Yeah, right. How crazy is that? Um, another fun fact about that edition that I heard this morning. There's no edition or volume number or like no sequential yeah, number on yeah. the cover because he wasn't sure he would ever publish another one. Wow. Like he didn't want to commit or, you know, uh, volume one. That would just, be embarrassing, right? Volume one is of one of one, right? <laughs> right. Um, well, that's actually ironic because there's huge success. It sold over 50,000 copies in uh, the, the first edition. Did. The very first one? The very first edition sold over 50,000 copies. It was an instant overnight success. Uh, and also ahead, it was uh, stored under 50,000 mattresses. Too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It never once saw a bookshelf. It was, you just, could hear, you can almost hear the sounds of 40,000, 50,000 bathroom doors locking, right? <laughs> all, all across America, all across, and all across, you know, the, our nation's bases too, the military. Amen. Uh, talk to me real quick before we get further down into Hugh yeah. Hefner's career. Yeah. Money wise. Yeah. What a shoestring budget. For one of the most iconic global magazine brands yeah. this day and age, yeah. what did it start with? So Hefner raised about $8,000 of his own, which included a $1,000 contribution from his own mother. Uh, his own mother? His own mother, in? you know, it's like she might have been a, she could have been, probably could have gotten some stock. You probably could have gotten some skin in the game, so to speak. Uh, I, it's, it's amazing. Mom, I want to start a nudie mag. Can I borrow some money? I mean, can now before you say no, I'm also going to write on it and I'm also going to draw on it. You know how good I am at that. <laughs> oh, Hugh, such you know, a good little artist. I want to support my boy. God bless her. God bless I, I, her. I, I, I like to think that if I went to my parents and my mother with a business idea, that they would be behind me 100%. And not, right. not only did Hugh Kefner's 
not only did his mother support him like, emotionally and, and, and raise him up and made him the man he was, but she gave him a thousand dollars, which in 1953 was a metric ton of money. To put it scientifically. That, yes, that's a, that's a lot. Okay, now fast forward here. Uh, we're in the 1950s. This yep. magazine begins to take off. Uh, it uh, starts its rise, so to speak, in publishing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hugh Hefner rose more than just morale of our service members. I'll tell you that right now. He was also a political activist, and he was uh, advocated for a more political and sexual liberty. He kind of took America out of the 1950s from the Leave it to Beaver area and brought it to a more sexually free era and kind of sure. and made it mainstream. But he did it in a way that wasn't particularly uh, out of bounds or gross or what people would consider today uh unacceptable you know he kind of did it in the confines of this is a gentleman's magazine and we're upscale or classy and we're going to do it right oh and by the way we're going to show some skin on the way now what's amazing is it wasn't received that way right away correct i mean in the correct. 50s he met a lot of resistance he fought all his way to the supreme court because twice by the way first time is because the united states postal service refused to distribute the magazine to the magazine subscribers uh, Hugh Kefner is not a person to to take this line down. He he fought in courts, worked his way all the way to the United States Supreme Court, and winning a landmark case that is widely considered to be a victory for free speech. It kind of these you know famously we've all heard of uh, the People versus Larry Flint, where the Supreme Court justice says, "I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it." Right. You know, and that and turns out that that is not a way to legislate. That is not a way to limit speech. Uh, because there, there's room for there's room for all of that. And Hugh Hefner is like, well, you know, I fought for this country. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm 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 creating my vision. And who is the government to stop me? Right. That went to the Supreme Court. To huh? the Supreme Court. Yeah. Okay. Here's another legal fun fact I just found. But on June 4th, 1963, Hefner was arrested for promoting obscene literature. After an issue of Playboy featuring nude shots of Jane Mansfield got wow. published wow. and uh, the case went to trial, you know what happened? Tell me. Resulted in a hung jury. Oh my I, God. I, you can't, can't make this I up. But unch. But unch. I'm not even trying. And yeah. It's weird. He also fought against sodomy laws across the nation because he believed that the government had no place in American bedrooms. And his advocacy in this area is widely considered to be influential by historians of the gay rights movement. I did not know that. Yeah. So, you know, there were communities that were legislating. You could only this is the, you could only have, you know, a particular kind of sex. And it's and, and, it might, and it's the boring kind. And it's a kind that, you know, good Christian people, good Christian folk have. Uh and Hefner challenged this idea of saying, when, huh. you, when you when you have a society that is sexually repressed, you sexuality will be expressed in a less than savory way. But if you mm. if you open it up uh, and let and people and actually just like talk about it and have a conversation, it, it's not so bad. Turns out we can still be good Americans and 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 not be afraid of the subject matter. Yeah. Wow. In hindsight, it's pretty significant what he did. Although, I mean, it did kind of seem like he was just perving out. I mean, like he was kind of a, you know, 
Yeah, I I don't get the sense that Hefner was a huge advocate saying, let's go out and have all kinds of crazy sex and and, and be showy about it. I think he's like, sex is a very real thing uh, within the the American tradition and the the human experience. (laughs) And we we, we wouldn't be here without it. There you go. Thank my parents every day. Right. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. I also like to thank the pharmacist who told my dad that lambskin was more effective than latex because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Right. (laughs) How do you even know that? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the worst parts about being alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this thing, it's funny, we're talking about it, but right, right. but it's it, people like like Hef, you know, that kind of took this, made it mainstream and said, didn't shy away from it. And, right. and, I, and I, I think that is something that uh, will be his legacy. Do you think in some of the research you did for your article that that in fact the 1960s revolution can be attributed to his creation of this magazine? I'm not or? sure if it, if it could, if it's like a direct cause, but he definitely was a part of the conversation. And he was and not only was it about free love and expression and, and opening up of, of of sex and saying it's you know, we're not all just Puritans that came off the Mayflower. We're you right. know, our unique human beings and then we can do what we want. He also spoke out against social issues, you know? I mean Playboy magazine interviewed people from Martin Luther King Jr to John Lennon, to Muhammad Ali, and really pushed the envelope of what it meant to talk about social issues on the national level. So people weren't really lying when they said, oh, I like it for the article. Yeah, that's kind of like a trope <laughs> that they get. It's funny. It's like, oh, I read it just for the articles. You know, that's it's, it's why I'm locking the bathroom door at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, or 4 p.m., depending on. Don't judge me. I see that. <laughs> all right. It, it, it happens. All right. I'm just saying, yeah, it, it's... um. It's interesting. Now, interesting might just be an understatement because as we talked about the significance of Playboy and the legacy that is Hugh Hefner's, everyone in the office had something to say about it. And it's interesting how it seemingly crossed paths with the military time and time again. Reporter producer Jake Hughes had this to say about his experience with Playboy in the U.S. Army. I have had to throw away numerous copies of Playboy in my time as a drill sergeant. Sometimes it was easy. The privates would have it in their backpack when we make them dump out all the civilian stuff. There, It would be in all its glory, and that'd be easy. Other times I tried to get smart with it. Like I had one kid try to roll it up in a pair of jeans that was folded up. Right. And I told him, shake that out, Private. He's like, oh, drill sergeant, I, 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 shake it out, Private. He did, and then plop, there it fell. And one kid, we, we, the way it works is when we first get them, we line them up in the hallway of the barracks. They dump their stuff. They get all their, their military issues. Then we make them change into their PT uniform right. right there in the hallway. And this one kid didn't want to. I'm like, Private, what's the problem? He goes, drill sergeant, I'm not wearing any underwear. I said, really, Private? <laughs> Lift up your shirt. He kind of slowly up his shirt. Private, I can see your underwear right there. What's the issue? Uh, uh, uh. And something hit me. And I'm like, Private, turn around. He had like three issues of Playboy stuck down in the back of his pants. <laughs> he was trying to sneak in. And there were other times when like privates would get care packages. And, and you know, they, try, they thought they'd be sneaky at the bottom beneath all the little fatty cakes and stuff. They had sure, issues sure. of Playboy. And sometimes more <clears throat> adult things, even more adult than Playboy. But, uh, yeah, it was like, <laughs> for some reason, they just couldn't, they couldn't go two or three months, ten weeks, without some form of nudity. I mean, you know, 
We're talking 18 year old guys. I mean, in a way, can you blame them? I mean, uh, well, not really, but when this, we specifically <laughs> tell them, hey, you cannot have this, and they try to sneak it past us, that's not a good way to start your military career. Yeah, and it it's probably not good for cohesion of the unit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, there's things that you, that will bring warriors together. That's not exactly what we want everyone to be getting together and sharing. Exactly. That's that's not exactly the the, the prime team building exercise we want. <laughs> the team building exercise. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, just I I just got to know because we're colleagues now, and you know you're not my di. What'd you do when you get the Playboys? Keep them, one or two. <laughs> I knew it. I knew only, it. only the. Hey, in my defense, that only the really good ones. <laughs> Most of them got tossed in the trash. Okay, this discussion wouldn't be right if we just made it locker room talk. The death of Hugh Hefner is a notable thing in the news, but it's not just for the men to discuss. And I'd be a jerk if I didn't ask. What my colleagues thought that were women. Kayla Jackson, ConnectingVets.com, Get Help Editor. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And Abby Hartley, Social Media Diva over there. How are you? I'm doing all right. Now, look, obviously the editorial meeting this morning was a bunch of jokes, right? You know, Hugh Hefner, Playboy. <laughs> but it would, we'd, be, we'd, be, we'd be jerks if we didn't get your perspective and your opinion. Because Playboy magazine, some viewed it as obscenity. And pornography. And others saw it as an opportunity to start a conversation about sexuality. But through it all, he did maintain a publication that included some incredible articles, some incredible interviews. And I don't think the nudity was used to keep women down. But it's easy for me to talk about a gentleman's magazine as a man. And I see it from one side. I think the more interesting opinion here is not just as veterans, not just as journalists, but as women. How do you perceive? this magazine, and the achievements of Hugh Hefner. Let's start with Kayla. Um, I got the text alert last night on my phone <laughs> at Twitter at 11.55. Um, and, you know, I was kind of struck with, with the sadness because, you know, he is this legend in pop culture, um, in journalism. I'm one of those, I only read Playboy for, for, for the articles uh, type of individuals. You can you can make a joy, joke if you'd like. Um, but, I'd say he was, is, like I said, an important figure in pop culture. For me, it wasn't until maybe five or six years ago I started reading men's magazine just because I'm super into men's fashion. So, sure, sure. you know, Esquire, GQ, they have tons of great woman writers as well. Um, and I started on the, the you know, Playboy magazine website. And they, they have amazing, really talented writers. Um, one really interesting piece um, that was originally published, I believe, in the 1960s in the magazine was a Q&A between um, Martin Luther King Jr. and Alex Haley. Mm -hmm. And I actually retweeted um, the interview not too long ago. It's fabulous. Um, it was immediately after he was awarded uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, originally, that was when Playboy was publishing their articles. Um, a lot of the writers were anonymous. The interviewers were anonymous. Um, and it just kind of speaks to um, not only the language, but but the magazine, the, the journalism of it was more than, you know, just about about nudity and, and women and, you know, the, the Playboy Mansion. So um, for me, um, it was, you know, about not only appreciating Hugh Hefner as an, an individual, but, you know, what the magazine has has done for people. Now, you know what? What I really love about what you just said is the fact that you named an article of incredible significance right. because like all my guy friends are always like, Oh, I read it for the articles. And I'm always like, Hey, what article did you like? And mm -hmm. they couldn't name one. Mm -hmm. No, 
it really was an important piece of of it, it, it grew to become an important piece of American literature. Yeah, definitely. So that's totally rad. I love that. Abby. Uh, so I have really complicated feelings about Hugh Hefner. Okay. Uh, and I, I also got the same text alert from my, my Apple <laughs> app. And I was genuinely pretty sad. Like, I do have a, a weird soft spot for Hugh Hefner. Like, on the one hand, I don't know if you've ever read uh, Gloria Steinem's essay from when she was, she went undercover as a Playboy bunny, like created a fake persona. Whoa. And went undercover as a Playboy bunny in like his club in New York and to, to expose like how massively unfair and degrading the labor practices were there because like they would make the costumes purposely way too tight so they would make the girls bleed mm. sometimes. Oh, wow, really? Wow, wow. Yeah. And like, because, well, because you, know, you, you have to be sexy, right? Sure, sure, sure. And like, you know, the harassment and just like, it wasn't even mostly the harassment from the guests. It was just the the incredible physical labor they had to put into being Playboy bunnies mm. and uh, they weren't being paid nearly enough for it. So on the one hand, you have that, which is just an incredible piece of journalism. Everyone should read it. I think it's called The Bunny Diaries. It's available online. Okay. Um. So on the one hand, I'm like, oh, that's not great. Yeah, I mean, um, that kind of, as a woman, sort of pisses you off, right? Yeah, of course. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I think that it's really important if you're trying to get people to change their minds about something to come at them where they're already agreeing with you or where they're already going to read you. And like Kayla brought up the MLK interview. Right. What better place to get at, especially white men, right. than Playboy? Right. Like if you're trying to get people to be more open about stuff, that's the perfect place to do it. And I think he was really smart that way. Um, he also was a really, really strong critic of sodomy laws and was like one of the, a very, very early uh, proponent of gay marriage. Because uh, his whole thing was, uh, I, the government shouldn't have been in anyone's bedroom. I uh, so I really admire which is that. so much more mm-hmm. of an academic thought or a philosophical contribution to America than just nudie pics. Right, exactly. exactly. So I, th- I think he was kind of playing chess when it looked like he was playing checkers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like he Very wasn't cool. he wasn't just here to to sell you like a picture of, of, of boobs, even though there were a lot of boobs. Like we cannot forget <laughs> there were so many boobs. <laughs> um, and I don't know, if, like what's what's that show we were talking about uh, earlier? Girls next the girls door. next door. Uh, an icon of reality television um, in the Playboy Mansion. Uh, so, but but in addition to all of these um, tracts of land, we have to remember that <laughs> the tracts of land. Uh, we have to remember that he was actually also doing some pretty amazing stuff with journalism on the sly. Almost right. I feel enlightened. <laughs> you guys are. You know, I've had virtually every other dude that we work with in this studio. I didn't learn crap. You guys. I mean, <laughs> I feel enlightened after listening to you both. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Well, there you have it. Enlightenment. And what better way to end this podcast than with the words of a really enlightened cat himself, Mr. Charlie Sheen. He was the guy responsible for, you know, exposing myself to uh, nudity. I might have been eight, nine, and I thought, uh, this guy's got it going on. This guy knows what time it is. The guy's a pioneer. I mean, he's really a, he's really a trendsetter, and, and he, he deserves everything that, um, that he has. So that's our salute to Army veteran and notorious publisher Hugh Hefner, who in his very own words once said, I'm a kid who dreamed the dreams and then made those dreams come true. And along the way, made a few of ours come true also. It is simply, in a certain sense, a very traditional 
kind of romantic relationship. For Vet Story, I'm Phil Briggs, and I'll talk to you again soon on ConnectingVets.com. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 